how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. This episode is brought to you by IronJohnGear.com. In between your creative pursuits, make sure to check out Iron John Gear for top apparel, footwear, fitness items, outdoor supplies, sports gear, and much more. Visit the website for top deals on things like lanterns, backpacks, tents, snow clothing, bomber hats, sunglasses, fishing gear, and more. Visit ironjohngear.com today and save money on your next adventure. In addition to Iron John Gear, make sure to also check out Freelancer Class, where you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money online as a writer, marketer, designer, virtual assistant, accountant, or salesperson. Stay tuned after the show to learn how to get access for free to this $99 valued freelancer course, along with some other free items on our website, creativeprinciples.live. After the success of screenwriting software Final Draft, creator Ben Cahan shifted gear to create his newest industry innovation, Talentville. Ideally, the program is much like an enhanced version of a university screenwriting course that allows for writers to share, read, network, learn, and potentially find footing in an overcrowded industry while working within an ocean of peer feedback. The key from my perspective in reading a script that sort of there are a bunch of things that tell me if people know what they're doing. Okay. That's sort of that's one of the you know. Granted, having a good story and good characters that are three dimensional, all that those are sort of those general kinds of concepts you can read about and you understand and you know. But in terms of presentation, first of all, which is the first the first way that a reader or a producer is going to view your script before they really know much about it, before they know if it's written well, if the story is good. There's both visual cues and sort of writing style cues that are, that, that surprisingly many, many people just don't get right. Um, right. And, and the fact is it's actually not that hard. You know, the, 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 the one thing that amateur writers should be careful of is reading lots of production professional screenplays where the people have the, 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 the experience and the credentials to, you know, to skip the rules. But, you know, but in terms of looking at amateur screenplays, there are a lot of very simple things in terms of presentation, um, not overwriting. That means keeping your action visual, short and visual, and assuming that the audience is not full of idiots in terms of the readers. Um, that's a lot of times people overexplain what's going on. When I get it as a reader, I'm relatively intelligent. Most readers are. They want to be entertained by the story and the visual. Um, so one thing is make sure succinct and visual. 
what's happening on the screen, not why the character is doing thing doing things. Again, right. a very a very common mis you know problem, and frankly, lots of us do it from time to time. So it's not it's not just rank amateurs. No, we want to we want to um, editorialize. We want to tell you know you know he's really mad at his brother because because three years ago his brother shortchanged him you know or, or lied to him. But that won't be on the screen. So all right. those kinds of things, non-visual stuff is a is a tricky thing. It works great in books. Uh, books are all about that. In screenplays, one thing when you're looking at let's you're literally looking at let's say call it five pages as a producer just to say okay, is this really garbage or should I right. take this more seriously? So right. concise action, keeping the editorializing minimal and giving the reader credit for getting it if if you know if a character is upset or mad maybe he scrunches his face maybe he turns away but don't tell us he's mad because because you're just you're you're telling him us what's going on in his head and and those state of mind things are sort of a giveaway and if if a writer writers can do it if they want to do it the thing is that good concise visual writing, uh, telling us exactly what is going on, you know, so that we can actually, in our minds, see the movie on the screen, if you will, in our mind. That's right. a really big plus for being able to enjoy reading a screenplay. And part of, part of how readers judge a screenplay is whether it was a breeze to read or whether it was a chore. So that's one thing. The second thing is creativity in dialogue. Now, dialogue is probably one of the toughest things. And natural dialogue, when you're a writer sitting alone in a room trying to write a dialogue that sounds like two people having a conversation, a natural conversation in real life, is very difficult. Um, very often, you know, more amateur writers will will explain in dialogue what we already know, or, or they'll tell another character. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll ask their wife, wait, wait, how do we meet again, dear? Now, you know, right. the, right. the, it's, it's his wife. They both know how they met. So things that all of a sudden that kind of stuff, you know, or over-explaining or repeating or all that kind of stuff. And I know that natural dialogue is tough, but... You know, I think one you know one piece of advice I would give to, to, to writers is to a read their scenes out loud or try to read their scenes out loud with other people, a friend even, um, just to hear how it sounds. Does it sound halfway natural? You know, people always you know they want to get information out that they need to have in the scene, and I got it. Um, but you got to be clever about it, and you've got to make it sort of. You don't. You don't need people to go. Um. Hmm, well, you know, th those. You know, words. The actors will come up with that. Right. But you still need. You still need a flow, and it still needs to feel like. It can't feel like robots. Um, talking and 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 you know, natural dialogue is something that just just takes practice. And it takes getting cut up for a long time by other writers and other people that read your script that say it just doesn't doesn't flow and doesn't feel natural for you to just keep working on it. The, the other thing that the other thing that I, I tend to look at, and again this is a small thing, but it, I tend to look at it is cleverness 
in presenting scenes that are kind of pedestrian. The stuff, the guy knocking on the door and the girl answering the door, that kind of stuff. It's very easy. Hey, hi, how are you? I can come up with that. But what I'm looking for as a producer is some clever lines. It doesn't have to be shtick. It doesn't have to be sarcastic. It doesn't have to be jokes unless it's a comedy. But it has to be... But. But think of different ways. You know, the more a writer sort of thinks of a creative thing that I haven't seen before, even in the more ordinary scenes, where's a person standing? What are they doing? Um, Give me some sideline things. You know what I'm saying? Where are they looking? You know, are they focusing on the other person? Are they pulling a flower out of the shrubs? Anything that people can use to make their scenes stand out as being creative. I read so many scripts where I say I've just seen this scene played this exact way with pretty much the same dialogue in 30 other scripts. Right. Now, and and again, what's the key? The key is if I could come up with it, if it's so ordinary that I could have done it, then why is this? I might as well have written their script. Right. You know, as a producer, I'm looking for people that have a creativity in, you know, the people that really get creative and have, you know, that have those memorable lines that where you read it and go, oh, that's, you know, the stuff that ends up in the trailer. I like trailer moments. Um, right. And, and again, like I said, it's really more about, about th- th- these, are, these are this author's characters. And that author has to know their characters, what they think, what they feel, how, they, how they're viewing things, and it's got to come across to me. And that sort of normal, boring dialogue that, that can populate parts of a script, the more people put in some time to just mix it up a little. Show me that this this scene played just a little differently and, and that the author is not going just through the motions. Right. No, but it's really putting some thought into making it making it clever and new and different and something I haven't seen. Okay. Um, can you think of any certain moments where you read something and you were just sold immediately? Like, is it is it something a lot of dialogue or just a a scene or what, what's kind of something that's done it for you? Like well, that? I, I would say that 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 um, wow. Okay, um, let me think through the scripts that I've. Uh, that I've really liked. I mean, a, a, a unique, interesting situation uh, with some really cool characters that get that get me into the story pretty quickly. Um, just so, look, the thing about characters in screenplays for me is I've got to be able to feel a connection to them, right. and what that means is that they have to be them, and I and and they also have to have a certain kind of a problem or a life or a situation that I can empathize with, whether they're good or bad. By the way. Um, so when there's an interesting situation with a character um, that is either tragically heroic or what goes through a tough time, or, or you know, or, you know, you, you see a look at his little brother and he's afraid that his brother won't be able to go to the right school. You know what I'm saying? Those kind of things. That's the stuff that kind of sucks me into the story and say, okay, I'm rooting for this guy. Right. Uh, and again. Remember, the screenplays are just stories, and it kind of works the same way when I read books. You know, when the, when, when, when the, you know, books get to elaborate so much more on character, and they really they can literally go page, 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 talking about what they feel. Can't do that in a script, but, but you have to find a way to make me care about the character. Certainly, within I mean, let's call it twenty pages. I'm, I'm I'm being generous. Different people are gonna you know, 
different people are going to read different amounts of a screenplay depending upon how they got that screenplay. Right. Uh, which means if a friend of theirs gave it to them and says, you got to read this, you're not going to stop in five pages. Right. If it's an unsolicited, you know, if it's an unsolicited script that came in through the mail because you said, you know, send me your script or you responded to an interesting log line, you know, but then, then you don't know the, the writer. You, you, you can kind of read what you want or not. Right. Um, so, so in terms of grabbing a lot of it's the character, and certainly it's a situation. If is is it something that that you know a lot of log lines and a lot of you know script stories rely on the script being really good to to um, because the because the log line itself isn't necessarily compelling. You know, high right. concept. You know, the kind of thing that that where you can envision from the log line the movie poster. And right. many many movies and many movies that are made are are uh, you know, are like that. So that takes quality writing and probably often takes longer um, for someone to get into it. But a good hook and then something that you know, if in the first five or seven pages there can be some really interesting stuff happens that go, they go, wow, this you know, the writer's shown some creativity. I want to keep reading to find out what's going on. And and right. if if there's not undue typos. If the action is relatively concise, if the dialogue feels like, yeah, I could see it on screen and it won't sound like robots talking. Um, but those are the kind of things, and none of that really relates to whether the story is great or whether the characters are, are, are you know, or whether the resolution or what what they want is fulfilled in the end in a way an audience will like it. Those, so there is a lot more ultimately when you've read 110 pages that you have to consider in terms of, you know, like that second act, you know, that everybody always says, can you set your, your story up? You introduce your character, what they're up to, what their problem is, then something happens, that inciting incident, if you will. Uh, although I don't tend to... I, I, I love... The, story structure frameworks because it makes people think about story although I'm not so critical of it or you know when I'm reading I want to be entertained and I want to be engrossed uh, but so there's that middle second act that oh, it's tough for everybody where things have to happen on the way towards you know the setbacks the you know that 50 60 pages before you get to your you know your 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 your, your you know your third act plot point and then rush towards the climax um so there's a lot more than just getting me interested, but if, if someone shows that they've – any script with 40 typos in the first 10 pages is an immediate loser. Right. Immediate, because spell checking's too easy. Right. It's too easy to do. Right. Remember, a writer wants to get paid $50,000, 100000 for their screenplay, but they can't spell check it? Mm, okay, that's a problem. <laughs> it's just a problem because if you think about it, it's, you've got to scratch your head. It's too easy right. to, you know, it's too easy to give your print your screenplay out, give it to a friend with a red pen, red highlighter or any highlighter, and say read it. And, you know, someone that, that has very good grammatical skills, um, read it and mark all the you know, little things like commas, for example. You know, run on sentences with no commas or too many commas. You know, punctuation marks are equally as bad in a way as as plain out typos. So, you know, right. the bottom line is take care. Make sure the presentation looks sharp. Uh and and um and get me into the story. 
you know, give me some stuff I haven't seen. Show me some characterization that shows that you know your character. Um, a lot of times, writers will get, will, you know, they'll they'll have their story and they'll, they'll they'll get some reviews or critiques or coverage or whatever, and then they'll they'll change their character to please. You know, or the character, okay, maybe the character needs to be a little more of this, a little more of that. But you know what that kind of tells me? It kind of tells me maybe they they really, you know, they didn't think of their story in the kind of depth like a person that's writing a novel. They thought of it, they, thought, they, they came up with just enough backstory, for example, for the screenplay. And I have been guilty of this myself, so I'm not faulting anybody. Uh, but it's very easy, you know, when you... Understand where a character's been and how they see the world. Even the, the, you know what, what will happen is the more you understand your character and know your character, you know, especially like if something's based upon someone you know, sometimes it can make it easier because you can do the, those little peccadillos, those little you know the way they scrunch their nose or look away or don't look someone in the eye or or avoid questions or whatever it may happen to be. The more you understand a character, the more you can have those small things that show to me. That you at least understand who your character is, right? Uh, what what drives them? And when I read books, and I'm constantly amazed, I read a lot of books, and I'm constantly amazed at how how, how detailed characterization is in books, because characterization, truthfully, is a tremendous amount of what books are, novels. Who they are, what, how they grew up, how, what, what their home life was like, which brother do they get along with the best, and why, and what is it about them, and what are they? Why are they shy? Are they aggressive? Are they passive? Are they, you know, are, are they confident or or, or 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 insecure, and why? And was there a root cause? All that stuff tends to come out in books, and really drives my belief in the characters. I wish more people writing screenplays, and myself included, spent more time sort of, I'm not, it's not really research, but really defining the character. Who's the character? What do they want? Because what happens a lot of times is you'll write a scene, and you'll just write some dialogue, and you're riffing, and it sounds good, and then if you read it, think back afterwards, you're going, you know what? My character probably would never say this stuff. It's kind of cute. It's fun, but it's not, it's not her. It's not him. Right. So then you got to then you got to go and rethink it. Why you know, it's either you either you don't understand your character well enough, or you're not really seeing the scene through the eyes of that character. Is there anything else you want to add about anything updated since we last spoke about Talentville? No, I mean in terms of in terms of the the, the, the sites doing the sites chugging along and our you know, my projects that are in development. Unfortunately, still in development where they were before. So that, that's n- nothing immediately new, which. Okay. Uh, trust me, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that you know that at some point soon, you know. But that's that's the movie gods, as we both know. Right, right. Okay. You know, but yeah, I mean, you know, I guess I'm just, you know, in terms of in terms of craft and in terms of 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 getting people interested, you know, there, there are a lot of little things, as I said. Little things, you know, make make your script look like a script. Make it feel like a script, and make and 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 make it so that a someone reading it can see your creativity that you've actually sort of thought through everything. And that stuff really does come out. It's as tough as it is, but you know, you want to get a million bucks, you know, you gotta you gotta put in the effort. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. 
Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter where you also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.